Welcome to What a Time to Be Online, a podcast that gives you a contemporary perspective on today's culture. Topics range from photography, influencer marketing, social media, and wellness. I'm Maskinamini, a photographer, curator, artist, and impactor based in Montreal, Canada. Also co-host of What a Time to Be Online podcast. I've worked and lent my eye and vision to some of the leading brands in fashion, lifestyle, and will continue to work at creating work that hopefully inspires you to live out your passion. Hi, I'm Marcus Choi, impactor, curator, and brand consultant, founder of MarcusChoi.com, a premier fashion and lifestyle website. I've turned my passion into a business, and my goal is to continue working with cool people who work for cool brands. Welcome to What a Time to Be Online. Welcome to another episode of What a Time to Be Online. I'm your co-host, Naskidimini. Recording live from my bunker in my home. So today's a solo trip once again. Shout out to Marcus who couldn't be with us today. But he's also at his home doing well. Quarantining. Paying attention to what's going on in the world. And we are in a crazy time. What a time to be alive indeed. A lot's been happening in the last couple of weeks, as you guys know. We had the death, the murder of George Floyd. May he rest in peace. And this murder at the hand of the police has put the world on a whole other other trajectory. And it's something that I didn't expect, could never have expected. And it seems as though the world is now waking up to what us black people have been saying for a very long time. And it's fascinating to see how everyone is choosing to navigate through this crazy, crazy, crazy time. I see a lot of you know, white people who are now faced with this new reality and time of reflection about themselves and how they may have acted or treated others in the world. And a lot of brands are doing reflecting as well. And there's also a lot of posturing that's happening as well. So seeing this unfold online is a trip because... People who you thought were either your allies or down with you seem to be, you know, looking a bit iffy in the light. And other people who you didn't expect to get it are getting it. And you have people within the culture, and when I mean the culture, within the black community, who they themselves don't get it. So you have all kinds of craziness going on, and I kind of want to give you guys my take and how I see the breakdown of all of this. So there was this push uh, for people within the music industry to do something called Blackout Tuesdays. And from what I understand, Blackout Tuesdays was for everyone to take a moment out of their, 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 their day to either acknowledge... Uh, someone outside of their culture uh, and to stop being, you know, 
selfish and just be self-promoting something you're working on, like kind of like to big up someone else. And I think that whole thing got co-opted by different people. Anyways, next minute, you know, everyone's doing a Blackout Tuesday on social media, which is like posting a black box. Some brands posted a black box. Others uh, posted uh, quotes. And some people didn't post a black box. They weren't sure. All this to say is that when I started seeing people posting the black box without any words, uh, people that I follow, people that I look up to, people who are non-black, I left them a note or a comment saying, we need you to say more. We need some words attached to this. What I wanted to what I wanted to get out of them was for them to take a stand, to really choose a side on these issues. Are you for equality for black lives? Or are you against equality for black lives? I think a lot of people took it as the easier thing to do just to put the box up. But I think it's our job now to hold everyone accountable. And what that means is you're forcing people to let you know where they stand. And I explain on Instagram why that's important is because people want to know or understand or believe that you believe what they believe. And then that would then cause a chain reaction of them supporting and rallying around the cause if they believe that you believe what they believe. A black box is just a black box if you're not going to attach your own words to it. And I think that a lot of people that were using quotes to kind of like a Nelson Mandela quote or a Martin Luther King quote in a black box, that was a cop out so that you can avoid having to explain how you feel. And I remember when Ahmaud Arbery got killed, some quote unquote allies, they put up a post or references to the situation, but they took their comments off because they didn't want to engage. And that's the other thing too. If you're going to be a brand and you're going to put up the black box and show us your stance on black lives and your comments are on, you got to respond. You have to engage. I remember uh, during this time, by the time you guys hear this, I had uh, pro photo had put up uh, their black lives matter um, box. And for those who don't know, pro photo is a high end a lighting um, tech company that produced lighting for photography photographers. And I asked, I said, okay, if you guys are for this, where are the black ambassadors? Where are the black studios you work with? Where are the black uh, talent that you uplift and put in your, put in your platform? That was an, a, a, a serious question to, um, I, I would say a valid question to a brand who's now, you know, ch- choosing a side. Um, somebody went to the comments um, and wrote, do you, do you think that um, free gear should just be given to you? Uh, you have to earn it. And I simply asked them, do you not believe that there are black photographers that have earned the right to be ambassadors to Pro Photo? So all this to say is that 
you got to also be mindful in how you support brands. And up to this today, up to today, Profoto has not yet replied to my comment or replied to that person who follows your account, who clearly has, you know, biases towards black people being lazy and not working for, for working hard enough to achieve or to get what they want out of life that we all want handouts, right? That old bootstrap uh, conversation that's been debunked for God knows how long, right? Um, and Profoto didn't engage, but didn't re-engage in the conversation. They've, they've been silent on it. So do we believe that they really believe in what they're saying? We don't know, but we have to wait and see. Um, a black photographer did reach out to me uh, in the comments afterwards saying that she's currently an ambassador and she knows of two others or one other. But still, if you can, if you're counting ambassadors on one hand or even two hands in terms in terms of color, uh, yeah, that's a problem in itself within itself. Um, the disappointing part about this pro photo exchange, for example, I've seen a lot of people or photographers that I followed that that I, that I uh, respect like the post without checking the post or or going into more critical thinking or analysis of how this brand has been carrying themselves all this time. I think it's really important that we take the time to also evaluate in this new world who we give our likes to, who we give our support to. You have to understand that eventually a gigabyte of data will be worth more than gold. Probably already is. So who you engage with, who you like, who you support, who you comment under, you know, that all counts towards your data totality. We have to be mindful with the likes that we give to people going forward and the brands we want to support. I think what this pandemic had has taught a lot of us is that we have the power. We have the spending power. The world decided to uplift George Floyd. The world decided that this is the person we're going to rally behind and get shit done. And people are forced to now put their stance on record. The reason why I'm fighting for people to write more words is because once your stance is on record, whether you believe it or not, we as a people can now hold you accountable to your words. I think we live in a society where words still do matter. And when you say something on record, it's to be stated and respected, right? So what's once it's on record, we now can hold you accountable. And that's really the thought, right? How can we hold these people accountable? There's companies in my city who employ employees and they would have 10 to 15 employees and they're all non-black, They sometimes would have, you know, the token Asian person to solidify or to consider themselves a diverse company. But that doesn't count. You know, as a kid, whenever I used to watch TV and a black face would appear on screen, I would always point it out like, oh, look, a black dude. It was like such a rarity as a kid to see a black person on, on, on screen. So when you would see one, especially in a role of 
importance, you would point it out and be like, oh my God, there's a black dude. And it would go another layer if, if, he, if he happened to be Trinidadian. You'd be like, oh my gosh, he's Trinidadian. I remember, I remember uh, Ariel and her goldfish. Um, I forget his name, but I think he was Trinidadian. So you that, that stayed with you. That stayed with you. You're like, oh, not her goldfish, sorry. <laughs> I mean, her, 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 her lobster, her lobster friend in, uh, with Ariel and the mermaid. I'm losing my memory. Anyways, he was, he was Trinidadian and you remember those things, right? So think about how that plays with you when you start seeing videos of black men being assaulted all the time on TV. Your mind automatically remembers and goes to the saying, oh my God, another one, another one. You start realizing the opposite now. You start realizing that you're not seeing a lot of videos of white men and women being abused or beat up by police. It stays with you, man. It stays with you to the point that you don't even question it anymore when you hear the news announcing something about another um, black man, woman, child shot or killed by police. And, and, and that's what this is all about. The reason why we're having this conversation. But this time something changed, something snapped, something, something erupted. People saw this particular video and decided that enough is enough. And I remember tweeting a couple of uh, months back. I was like, what, what does it take for the people to be outraged? Like, what is it going to take for the people to just outrage enough's enough? And then you have this, tra- this tragic death of George that made people feel like enough's enough. Was it the cops that were just standing by idly, just like not participating? Was it like the 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 dark, 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 cold eyes of Chauvin with his hands in his pocket, just kind of like, you know, it was so heartbreaking to see and, and we've seen so much of it. And it wasn't the Rodney King beating that made people decide that racism should be, you know, disbanded. Wasn't Mike Brown, wasn't Trayvon Martin. I mean, a lot of movements started during those times. Don't get me wrong, right? A lot of things started and bubbled up, but we didn't have, we didn't have as many white people joining in on the cries of this has to stop. Didn't happen back then, but it's happening now. And I want to tell people of the community that the, we're, we are already black. We don't have to perform. We live this every single day. 
I'm from Montreal, Canada, and I have a lot of American friends ask me, how is racism in Canada? And I said, just like everywhere else in the world. Racism, systemic racism in Canada is just, in Quebec, in Montreal, is just as crazy as it is everywhere in the world. The thing about racism, right, is that racism is worldwide. Race, the structure, power of racism is worldwide. And racism is not something that we live with. Racism is something that they live with. We just experience it. Racism is actually their problem. We're cool. We just want to live our life and, 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 and get to it. And we're being affected and experiencing racism from the powers that be. And as frustrating as that is, we power through it. Like we're so strong, we're built to endure so much. Our ancestors have have been through so much to get to this point that we are in now. Where everyone, everywhere around the globe are marching with us. You know, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people who are going to mischaracterize their involvement in this 2020 revolution 30 years from now when they're you know talking about running for political office they're going to they're going to lie and say that they were there you know fighting for the cause when they were just maybe out there looting stealing robbing you know or taking selfies or that's what's going to happen. And those of us who were there and whether you were there physically at a march or there online behind the scenes organizing, whatever you, your position was during this time, we're going to have to, you know, remember these people who, who come out of this as, you know, prominent figures in what this revolution is. But when people kind of go and talk about the looting and the destroying of property and that's what the media seems to be focusing on you have to understand the reason why we're focused on the reason why we're even here having this conversation is because shit got burnt down police stations got burnt down targets got burnt down the destruction of property is what allowed the conversation to be had when the women's march happened after Donald Trump's inauguration you know it fizzled out after a couple of days there's no violence nothing was broken right for the most part so nothing really changed Donald Trump went on to do three years up until now he's still in power right I mean, the Me Too movement was huge and got a lot of people out to paint. It's a lot of work to be done. But this time, after COVID, a pandemic, everyone's stuck home. People can't go out. Their businesses are sitting on the streets. After those get destroyed and looted and all of that, we're having a conversation now. 
people are, are, are interested now. People want to know what's going on now. They took off the tickers off CNN to speak about racism. And racism, like I said before, it's not our problem. It's theirs to live with. We don't live with racism. We experience it, but we're not living with it. But now we're having a conversation. I hope that the brands and the companies out there put their money, their time, attention, and platform where their post is. We're at that point now. You know, put your money where your post is. If that's how you feel, invest in communities that don't look like your own. Brands, companies, hire more black photographers. Hire more black videographers. Hire more black creative directors. Put the best of your black people in the decision making chair give them that big pen you know the signing pen the ones that can approve deals make them partners make us partners give us opportunities that you don't think we fit the description of but we are qualified to do let us flourish let us live with our locks our our natural hair our afros our curly hair our weaves just let us be Learn about us on your own, by yourself, the way we had to learn about you on our own, by ourselves. Never once did I go to a white person and touch their hair and ask them, hey, how do you shampoo? How often do you shampoo? Do you wash your hair? I've never done that in my life. You have to make the choice to live a life moving forward that is not just I'm not a racist, but actively promote anti-racism moving forward in all forms, in the passive kind, the direct kind. Acknowledge it, speak out. I read I read about some really dope um, things happening at these rallies, marches, protests, riots, whatever you want to call it, where when police would move in aggressively, the black people on the on the ground would yell white shield, white shield. And a bunch of white people would get together, interlock their arms and minimize the attacks from behind. That is so dope. So salute to you guys. I applaud that. I just want to know what took so long. It's a valid question. What took so long? We've been waiting, man. We've been waiting for a very long time to make sure that 
what we've been saying rings true. Brands and companies, you know, if you're if you're if you're an ally and you made that post, include it in your mailer. Send it out to your customer base. Not everyone's on Instagram. We can't assume that everyone's on social media. So put your messaging, put your brand ethos in regards to your views on black people, capital B. And send out mailers. As much as you promote the products you're selling, I want to see a mailer expressing explicitly how you feel and where you're going to go moving forward. And that you're going to make sure that people within the organization, outside of the organization, which may be your customer base, are all being treated fairly. That's what I want to see. And those of you who don't feel the need to post anything at all, those of you on social media, understand that every platform counts. A platform with 500 followers is just as important as a platform with 500,000 followers. Because we're trying to shift the paradigm here. We're breaking the feed to show you what's really going on. If you can't break your aesthetic to show love, appreciation, dedication to the people who've been carrying style, culture, creativity, intelligence, beauty on their back for so long is a problem. We can't take the excuse of you're giving us the space and time to talk so you can just listen. The world is changing and you want to be on the right side of history. You want to be on the right side of history. If you make a post and the majority of people, let's say you put up a really weak ass post with no real meaning like a quote or whatever and the majority of people giving you props in your comment sections are people that look like you you may realize you have a problem and that's usually what happens right brand company puts up half-assed quote everyone in the comments who are who look like non-black who are mostly white are like oh man I love what you do man it's amazing Keep, keep up the good work. Ah, oh, hearts. Just props. You know what I mean? With no critical thinking at all to what's really going on or what's being said. I'm telling you, we're in a new world. And I'm happy to witness it. I'm happy to be here right now. It's horrible that a man had to die for us to get here. I think we've had so many martyrs already. I'm not sure George wanted to be that martyr. 
but he's become that martyr. And knowing that he's in a better place, knowing that the world is changing because of him, knowing that people rallied in his name, supported his family, his daughter, their GoFundMe was one of the highest. I think they announced as being the highest um, grossing GoFundMe to date. I think over $13 million was raised. He may be the person that, that changed history. 2020 has been a really wild, wild year. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy. And I, I, I hope that we're able to, to all come out of this a lot wiser and a lot stronger and more informed. And realizing the power we have in deplatforming or platforming people, giving them strength to be number one in their field, uplifting. And again, if you were able to make something dope out of this crisis and make some coin and get the bag out of this crisis, uplift somebody else and show them how to do it too. This is not skinny me signing out. I want to tell you guys, we at What It's Time To Be Online, we respect and love every one of you. We appreciate the support. Consistency has not really been there lately for us. A lot of things have been happening, but we're trying to get back on track to give you guys a regular episode. So please bear with us and looking forward to talking to you guys soon. Peace.